Um, I know a lot of us are diving into work in the next week, and um, that might be exciting, that might be a dread, but uh, I just pray that um, all of the work situations, family situations that um, we've been through in the last holidays and coming into the new year will all just, uh, you know, just turn out for God's good and His glory and um, you know, that God would just do a work in each one of our, our lives and our families. Um, I was thinking about this new year and I'm like, New Year's resolutions are one of those things that comes around every year and it's like, okay, what am I going to do this year? I don't know if you guys have made New Year's resolutions or if that's a, a thing for you. Um, for me, I don't tend to make New Year's resolutions because I'm like, by February, they're out of my mind. By March, I'm like, oh yeah, I had that. I was going to do that. Um, so I tend to just like, you know, not be disappointed in myself the whole time. <laughs> I'm like, cool, we'll just cruise with what happens in the year. Um, but you know, I was thinking about the essence of New Year's resolutions. And it's like, you know, with the New Year, it's like, okay, new start, fresh beginning, clean slate. Um, I want to go into the year, like this is the things that I missed from the year before that I wanted to do, or these are changes that have happened in my life and I want this to be corrected, or I want to get fit, I want to look like Warren, I want to <laughs> <laughs> get healthy, or I want to read my Bible more, or do devotions more, whatever the plan is. Um, and if you've made those religions, God bless with them, I hope that uh, they could work out for you. Um, but I was thinking about it, and I'm like, so often with us, we struggle with spiritual new starts, like new beginnings, fresh starts. And I'm like, oh, where's my phone? Sorry. Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, and I'm like, for us, so often, maybe when you receive salvation, you're like, okay, a fresh start. Sometimes not even. You're like, okay, I'm going to still carry in the, the hurts and the baggages and whatever from before that. And we're just going to give this new year like a try and sort of see how it goes and just trust God to like work through that. And there is, I'm not saying that there's not an aspect of just um, dealing with your past and working through stuff when you come into salvation. It's not like everything's going to be fixed at the beginning and sorted and life is going to be good and blessings will rain down and happiness will flow and that's the end of that happily ever after that's obviously not the story if you've been a christian for more than a week you know that um but yeah so but through that journey though it's like i find that one of the big things that we struggle with is letting go of stuff that we have like moved on from and like holding on to that like repentance so the reading that i've got today is out of Lamentations, verse three, uh, chapter 3, um, from 22 on, it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Oh, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. And I think it's so beautiful that um, when we receive salvation and we walk with God, it's like, God knows the beginning from the end. He already knows all the sins that you've committed and all the sins that you're going to commit. And even though it's like it's not predestined and God wants to protect us from that, it's like in, in his all-knowingness, if that's a word, um, he, uh, he knows all, our, all that's going to come and yet still 
in that moment, he still says, I will save you now. I will give you that salvation. And so often we go into the, the thing and we're like, oh, we've sinned, we've disappointed God, and we hold on to that. And it's like this, this verse is telling us his mercies are new every morning. So you know whatever happened yesterday, repent and you walk away from that and you leave that in yesterday. But then I'd go, why? Why is that? Why is his mercies new every morning? And it starts off saying, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. So it's because of God's steadfast love that his mercies are new every morning. So it's not us. It's not our righteousness. It's not our perfection that we walk through in life that makes those mercies like appear every morning. It's God and his steadfastness. Um, and the problem is half the time it's like, we come in, like we come into church and we receive salvation. It's like, yeah, you can come in with whatever, you know. You're a murderer, you whatever. Come in, God will save you, whatever. And then as soon as you're in, then it's like, okay, but now you must be good. And, da, 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 da. and there's this expectation to, now you're a Christian, now you have to live this righteous life. And yeah, God, God does call us to that. He wants us to live a holy life because he knows what's good for us and good for those around us and to live a loving life will bear fruit to that. But it doesn't mean that when you do fall short, then there's like rejection or um, you know, a breakdown of a relationship that's beyond repair. It's like God knows that you're still going to fall short in that. Um, and uh, so in, in this new year, I wanted to look at just some um, characteristics of God um, for the next couple of weeks. And so the first one that I'm looking at today is like basically the mercy and forgiveness of God and, and the depth of that. I think so often we think that God is still like this angry God who's um, on edge and waiting for us just to mess up a little bit and then it's like there's punishment and out comes the, the whip and, and then we're like, no, if we look at, if we look at the, the Bible and God's character, we see that it's, it's full of mercy and grace. And obviously, like, the, the difference between mercy and grace, mercy is, like, not getting what we do deserve, and grace is getting what we don't deserve. So it's like, when we sin, we deserve punishment or death overall, but we don't get that, so that's mercy. Whereas the blessings of God come from the grace, the grace side, where it's like, we, we are sinners, we don't deserve blessing and this salvation that Jesus gives us but because of his grace he gives us this gift freely undeserved and so so today we're looking at the mercy and forgiveness of God um, but we've got to rely on, on the character of God um, as our foundation and when we look at God and we see God as an angry um, angry God then when we look at scriptures we'll see a, a different picture and one of the descriptions of God that runs throughout the Bible, I think it's actually um, the, the one description that is um, most referenced throughout all the scriptures, um, where people reference it or it comes up multiple times, and you'll probably be familiar with it. It's, uh, one of the references is in Psalm 103. It says, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. It's like if we, if we hold fast to those characteristics of God, we will see that it's his character 
it's not our good works that's going to make us have favor with him and be fine. It's him who's the compassionate, gracious God. He has way more compassion than we can imagine. If you think of the person in your life that has the, who is the most compassionate, you can know that God is like a hundred times better than that. And so when we sin, we should know that we can easily go back to God and there's a loving Father waiting for us. Um, <clears throat> Satan obviously is the accuser by character. He's described as the accuser in scriptures. And so his, um, his sort of modus operandi in our lives is to accuse us or to condemn us, where the Holy Spirit will convict us. He will just say to you, the Holy Spirit will say to you basically, like, you're better than that. You don't need to do that. There is a better way. Whereas um, Satan will, will condemn you. It's like, oh, you see, you're not really a Christian. Oh, you're bad. Your broken relationship with God is going to hate you. He's going to punish you, etc., etc. However that voice sounds to you when the accuser is coming to you. And it's like, you know, often we feel like we've gone too far or the things that we've done are too bad. Or even, you know, just temporarily, it wasn't that bad, but I'm feeling this distance from God. Um, and, and, you know, there are sometimes consequences for our, our sins and our actions. It's not like because we're Christians, there's not going to be ramifications for what we do. But there's consequences and not condemnation. And there's, like, there's conviction but not condemnation. So it's to live under that freedom, knowing that God is for us. He's fighting for us. He's on our side. Um, there is an aspect, and we see it in Psalms 81, where it's like, if you maintain a rebellious heart, then there is a point, um, and I'll just read the scripture, where God sort of gives you over to yourself. Um, Psalms 81 is speaking about the Israelites, and it says, But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their own stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. If my people would not listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. God is like saying, there is a point where it's like, if you rebel against him and just go on your own mission and you know that you are selling because God is going to call you. He's going to um, convict you of your sin. He's going to draw you back to you because it's out of his loving character and he knows what's good for you. It's like if you um, have a child and you see they, they're doing something naughty, it's going to hurt them. As out of your love, you, you stop them doing that because like, you know what's going to follow. So God in that same aspect, he sees what's coming. And so he, he draws us out of that but there's a point where it's like, okay, if I'm just going to ignore you intentionally and just keep doing my own thing because I think I know it's better, there is a point where God says, okay, like I will let you find out that that is not the best way. And when you hit rock bottom or you, you know, um, find that you're in a, a terrible place, then you will know, like you'll be able to see, okay, wait, God called me out of this. He knows what's good for me. And that can actually restore a lot of, trust in God and go, hey, my father was actually caring for me when he was telling me to do this. It wasn't because he was trying to, you know, make life difficult for me or, um, you know, be a spoiler and take away the, the good pleasures of life. It's like, no, he knew what was good and what was coming. Um, 
even in this scripture, you can see God's like emotions coming through. You can see that like almost like divine frustration and and hurt of Israel just walking away from Him all the time. Um, but God is a gentleman, and He's not going to force His way on you. He's not going to force you onto the righteous path. He'll lead you with all that He can. Um, and then on the other side of that, if you do hit rock bottom, then He will always have open arms when you do turn to Him. You can see that in the story of the prodigal son. He runs away, he throws away his inheritance with wild living, and when he comes back to his father, which is the God depiction, God runs to him with open arms and love and restores him completely. And so it's like it doesn't matter how far you've run or what's happened in your life, it's like there's this open door for you to come back always, even if it feels like God is like, let you go into your sin. Um, God is always there waiting for a relationship, always wanting to restore that relationship with his son. Sometimes what God does ask us to do is difficult. And it, is, it does seem like the, the harder choice. And we see that even with Jesus on the Mount of Olives, when God is calling him to go to the cross, and it's like he knows that this is the plan. He knows that um, this is what the, he came to earth to do. He knows that this is what God is calling him to do in that moment. Yet he says, he still says to God, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Because despite the pain and anguish and everything that he knew that he was going to go through, and that separation from his father, he knew that despite that, he trusted his father. And it was like, at the end of the day, it's like no matter what God is calling us into in this new year, it's like if you, if you in your heart know that it's God, it ends up being a trust thing. Whether it's difficult, whether it's exciting, whether it's that New Year's resolution or the opposite of that New Year's resolution, it's like we walk this road of faith knowing that God is looking out for the best for us. And so we, like, we, we call to like, just trust Him no matter what. And that's difficult sometimes. I'm not saying that's easy. Um, but it is important. And in that we see, you know, when we, when we do trust God and step into those difficult things in our lives, it's like it's those moments that we, we exercise our faith. And then later on, when we see the, the good fruit that comes from it, we go, oh, okay, God is faithful. He is good. And it builds faith not only in God, but also in yourself, in your hearing of God. And you get to grow in that relationship. And you get to grow, because I know for most Christians, it's even when you've like been Christians for a long time, and it's like I speak to older people, younger people, everybody across the whole spectrum, it's like nobody's got that like perfect, oh, yeah, God perfectly all the time. It's like it's, it's, a, it's a thing of faith. And God says... The scriptures say that he will always call us to an aspect of faith. It actually says we cannot please God without faith. So it doesn't matter how that works out, whether it's listening and obeying or whether it's trusting God's character in that moment. But it's like we walk by faith. And, and so that means like sometimes, like a lot of the time we don't hear God clearly, but it's like we learn to hear God through familiarity. And like, you know, I was listening to a thing recently where it was like, you know, the scriptures are good because they show us God so that we can recognize God when we see him in our lives, in our day-to-day. 
And it's like the more we read the scripture, the more we, we like notice, hey, wait, this is God. This is, this is familiar to that in God. Um, but yeah, we see the importance, though, of repentance in the Lord's Prayer. So when the disciples ask Jesus, how do we pray? Um, we see that Jesus said, like a part of it, um, he says, and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Um, or forgive us our sins, depends on your translation, as we too forgive those, um, those who sin against us. But what often is left out of um, when we say the Lord's Prayer is the last line, like here in Matthew 6, um, it gives the Lord's Prayer um, from verse 9. And then it ends, and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And often we stop there. But the very next scripture, it's not even a break, after the very next um, verse, and there's not even a break in paragraph, it says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sin, your Father will not forgive your sins. Which is a crazy thing, because it's like, is God's sin now conditional? Ah, he's, sorry, not his sin, his forgiveness. Is God's forgiveness now conditional? Like, are we only forgiven our sins when we forgive others? And it's like, I'm, I'm, I was doing this in my preparation this week, and I'm like, dang, I actually want to um, delve into this a bit more, because if we read it by face value, that's exactly what it's saying. And how much weight does that put on our view of others? And how quickly does that, that um, make us go, okay, when the Bible speaks so much about not holding on to bitterness and anger and resentment for others, and the Lord's Prayer is telling us, you know, as you forgive, you will be forgiven, that kind of gives you an open doorway to be like, if you are hold short accounts and forgive easily and quickly, you live under that same blessing, that same freedom. But if you hold on to bitterness, does then God hold that sin against you? I don't know. I will try and flesh it out and figure it out. But on face value, I'm going like, sure. That's quite a big like, statement that often gets left off of the, the end of the Lord's Prayer. And I think because it can look so controversial, and I'm like, I, I don't know. It's something we'll have to delve into, but I'm going... For me, my encouragement then is keep those short accounts. Forgive easily. Love well. Because that's what God calls us to do. And at the end of the day, we're trusting God for that. And we can see, we, it's like in the, we, the, the, the call to do that comes with a promise straight away. As you do, you will receive. And we want to be for, forgiven quickly. Um, so I call us to that. Let's Let's pursue that. Let's try that. And the, the difficult part is obviously in those close relationships where people you know, love you a lot, they can hurt you a lot and deeply as well. Um, I've often spoken to Rebecca about this. And it's like you know, the depth of love that you have for somebody is the de- same depth that they can hurt you. And so it's a scary thing. And that's why marriage relationships and stuff like that you'll see often when there's not a God thing, when there's not a trust thing happening, then it's like it's kind of like shallow and superficial um, because you love, you know, the worldly view of that person, but then there's this disconnect because there's not the same depth of love that you're actually wanting because you're 
guarding your heart or they guarding their heart and now it's like you've got this surface level love and there's not the depth that you need because you know as you grow in your relationship the deeper it is the better it is for relational um, the relational side of it but the the more you open up to hurt and so in that it's the same thing with god it's like open up your heart god is trustworthy as scary as that might be especially if we're living with a lot of um hurt and and stuff from our past and trust is an issue especially when it comes to you know your father god if especially if you've had like trust problems with your earthly father i've seen that throughout church um just being involved in church it's like a lot of people that struggled with their father struggle with the heavenly father because you kind of overlay the same view that you have of your father on your heavenly father unless you sort of like really worked on that and delved into seeing god for who he is often it's like a default setting um so to speak so new christians often it's like because my father was always um short and angry i expect god the father to be short and angry with me all the time and that's not the case that's where we have to read the scriptures and get to know the true god and see his grace and his mercy and his boundless love for us um i was just thinking about it and i'm like it's the same as a parent child relationship parents are are like almost i want to say by default naughty as well and they push the boundaries and they try things and, and it's like when they so to speak are naughty or sin it's like they that doesn't mean that they are not a child anymore they're not they're not the parent's child that doesn't break down the relationship to the point of where it's like okay you're not anymore my child because you stole the sweets you know it's like you know that there's still the the security of that relationship always and and you'll see with um from what i understand i'm not a dad yet obviously <laughs> but uh soon <laughs> um but yeah you see that with relationship where like when the kids are small enough they have enough trust in the relationship that if you ask them directly about stuff they will own up or they will own up to them be naughty because there's this trust that i know i'm not going to like lose relationship and yeah as they get older and consequences start happening there is this um sort of fear of the punishment or the hiding or the whatever you know um that that will come in so they might then resist being as truthful and open about their shortcomings but if you have like a healthy relationship and you're parenting like well so to speak um then you'll find that there will still be this trust relationship and even though there's consequences for your actions or for the kid there's consequences for their actions they always know that there's like this safe foundation where it's like okay this is going to be the consequence after that it's done and we move on and we have to have that same view with god like okay there might be stuff and sometimes god can help us out of those consequences and sometimes god lets us go through those consequences and we see it in the scriptures um throughout the scriptures where sometimes god comes and saves them and sometimes god lets them work out their consequences and but at the end of the day either way um god knows the best for us through those situations and he um will always be there with us through it and there when we are finished going through the consequences so we can trust in god's character and his faithfulness 
to keep on this journey with us no matter what. And as a child knows with his parents, okay, you know, I did bad, there's consequences, but they're still my loving father. And actually, they will realize over time, you know, the consequences was to teach us and grow us and lead us so that we don't end up making these mistakes again because it's going to lead to worse consequences. So as parents, we know, or as a parent would know, you know, I would rather create um, correction here than the worst thing later on. And so we have to trust God when he's calling us out of stuff, even when it's like, I think the difficult thing on our walk with God is sometimes we go, but like, but this is the good thing. This seems like the right thing, the Christian thing. And God says, no, go do this. And it's like, that's where the trust really comes in because it's like, even though it looks good, we trust our Father for the better consequences or the right consequences. Um, and I find only like your faith grows in that when you actually step into that and go through that and, and trust God when you're not sure. And then after that, you, you learn to like go, okay, I've seen God's faithfulness. I've seen the fruit of following God. I, I like my faith, my faith grows and I can walk freer and freer with this. The problem obviously is like as adults now, it's more difficult because you know, when we see even like the Adam Adam and Eve in the garden, as soon as they sin, there's this shame and guilt that comes over them. And then what they end up doing is avoiding God. They hide in the garden. And it's like so often for us in our walk with God, we sin and we fall short and we know it. And then we hide from God. And we don't speak to God. And it's like, oh, I'm assuming that God is angry with me. Yet, God still in the garden comes and finds them and speaks to them and regains relationship with them and says, you are still my child. I'm still going to be with you on this journey. Even though there was consequences for them, it's like there was still relationship. And so when we sin, it's like have, have the short accounts with God as well. Um, you know, there's scriptures that speak about, you know, we must have in, in, in the Gospels where it speaks about we must have faith like a child. And often we, we refer that or, or we, we view that in the sense of we must have faith like a child for our salvation. We must just like, sort of like just believe, like trust God in his word. And that is important. But, but usually it's for like our salvation or for blessings or this thing we're hoping for, whatever. But when it comes to forgiveness and mercy, we are also to have that same childlike faith and go, okay. I've sinned, I've fallen short, I come to God, I repent, turn away from it, it's done. Move on. Because if we sit there, then we sit there with the shame and guilt, and then we separate ourselves from God, which is the main reason that Jesus came, to die for those sins. So it's already paid for, it's already sorted, like the, the consequence has already been played out. There's no... Um, there's no consequence as far as God's, God's view and like relational breakdown. Like we stay in relationship because we live under grace, not under law. The law says if you sin, you die, you separate it from God. Grace says you sin, Jesus died, that relationship is restored, you carry on with God. End of story. We stay in Christ. Paul throughout the scriptures, throughout the New Testament, 
he speaks about us being in Christ. And we know that Christ died and then went to heaven to be with the Father. And so we, in Christ, are staying in relationship with God. We're not bouncing in and out of heaven every time we sin. No. Our sins are covered completely. All the, all the um, uh, consequences have been paid for in Jesus. And so often we have this mentality of like, you know, Jesus paid for all my sins, but now I sin, so I've got to pay a little bit, and there's a bit of penance, and there's a bit of, you know, I must be like. And there's a, there is an aspect of repenting and really looking at it and turning away from it and seeing God's ways better, but there's not a separation from God. There's not a breakdown in relationship. That stays constant. And at the end of the day, it's like we know that the foundation of it is all because of Jesus. Um, repentance restores our relationship. And in the Lord's Prayer, when it says um, that we must forgive our, our enemies, um, our, or for, asking God to forgive our sins as we forgive others, it's like that forgiveness is not forgiveness to receive salvation again. That forgiveness is forgiveness and a risk, like a turning back of relationship, letting go of that. Because like in Adam and Eve's case, it's like usually the breakdown of, of relationship or the, the separation is actually coming from the sinner side. It's coming from our side. When we sin, we go, surely God can't be still loving us and, and liking us, so we step away. And actually, God never steps away. He pursues us. He draws us. He loves us. As a, as, a, as a father would to a child, you you correct them, you stop them, but there's love and there's comfort and there's caring always. And, and so we have to trust God to have that same view for us so that we don't sit in this fear of rejection and fear, fear of punishment because like so much in the scripture, so many times it calls us not to fear. And so we have to live in this place of faith that God is God. And at the end of the day, our hope lies in Jesus. Our hope lies with the finished work that is done on the cross, that, he, that what he has done is good enough for us to stay under that mercy of God constantly, day by day by day. His mercies are new every morning, every morning, every morning. You can wake up every morning know you, knowing that you're under the freedom and love of a, a father who loves and cares for you and wants to be involved in your life no matter how good or bad you feel your life is going. He's more interested in, in the relationship, even more, more interested in your relationship than the things you are doing for him or the ministries that you're doing for him or the things you want to do for him. The main thing that he wants is relationship. He wants to know his son and he wants his son to know his father and he wants to be with you through every step of your life. Um, so yes, we're going to um, have communion now and just remember about Jesus and what he's done on the cross to enable us to live under the same freedom, to live under this grace, to live under this mercy and favor of God and the freedom of this relationship so that um, so that we can live under that mercy morning after morning after morning.
Lord Father God, thank you so much for the gift of your Son. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for your blood that was shed for us and your body that was broken for us and the turmoil that you went through so that we can live in the freedom, the suffering that you went through so that we don't have to suffer. We thank you that you took all our punishment on the cross with you, that we can live in mercy and grace and in relationship with our Father. We just thank you and we praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name.